everybody. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Preacher Talk. Uh, we're excited about this week, and we're excited to see what the Lord has in store for this week. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Drew if he will to open us up in prayer, and then we'll get started. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you, and we just thank you just for this opportunity, God, that you've given us to be with each other, God, to be uh, strengthened, to be empowered by your man of God today. God, I pray that you touch Brother Josh, God, as he brings us just a word of what you've given him, God, and as he challenges us, God, and as he just... Gives us some more gas to move forward for you, God. I just thank you for all your many blessings. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I pray you bless this time. Jesus, name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, this week we're we're very excited about um, this person that we have on this week is one of my heroes, one of my mentors. Uh, I when I moved here, uh, I came into to the youth group, and uh, him and his wife kind of took me in, took me under his wing, and he's helped so many young people uh, throughout the years. But I'm going to let him. Uh, give a short testimony and kind of introduce himself as well. But uh, this week, Brother Josh Tesh, our uh, student pastor here at Victory, uh, on site. We're excited to have you this week. So I'm going to let you kind of give your testimony and a quick challenge to us. And uh, we'll let you take it from here. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for uh, for asking me. I appreciate this opportunity. Um, I pray this morning that God would let me say something that would encourage a uh, young man that's in ministry, young lady, whoever's out there. So I'm excited about being able to do this. Um, John and I, before the uh, show started, we're just laughing and cutting up, thinking about all the years of youth ministry. Good. I think it started with John when he was in what grade? Was it John 6th? Probably. So uh, John and I have been through a lot, and Brandon came along probably, uh, in what grade did you start? Junior, Junior year. So it was Brandon two years uh, in the youth group, and then uh, several more after that, uh, working in the college and stuff. So excited about the interview today, guys, and I appreciate the opportunity. So um, I've been here at Victory. This will be actually my 11th year uh, working here at the church. So been here for 11 years. Um, Ten of those years were with Doc Brown, working with Dr. R. Larry Brown, and uh, just what an honor and privilege that was to work with him. And uh, and in this last year now, come September, it's almost been a year already, which is crazy to think it's already been a year uh, with uh, Pastor C.T. Uh, Townsend, and it's been uh, it's been a great uh, and enjoyable time. Um, I walk into church literally. I don't know about you guys when y'all go to work, but I walk in church every day wondering and, and amazement that God lets me do what I do. It, it's the coolest thing ever. It's not a job, you know, it, it's it, it's not even a job. It's like it's just what God has called you to do and be. And if you find out what you're passionate about, if you find out where you're supposed to be in God's will, you'll feel like you never work another day in your life because you're just serving him. And uh, that's the way I feel about coming to church here and working here every day. It's just an amazing, um, amazing thing that I get to do, and I love it. So, You've, you've been a youth pastor. So I was uh, so when I started here uh, 11 years ago, I definitely wasn't the youth pastor. Obviously, I was just a single guy, and um, I was working for. Uh, I had got laid off from a, a job uh, that I was working. I was actually in business. I was working in human resources. Uh, I had a secular job out in the world. I had just graduated from the University of South Carolina, and so I was kind of climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, trying to work my way through the business world. You know, that's what I was doing. And um, and then that was back in 2008 and nine when the um, when kind of the economy kind of fell and the job I was working for, which was a staffing company, I was working human resources downtown in Augusta. Um, they kind of begin to to tank, so to speak, and uh, they had several waves of layoffs. And I survived the first, I survived the second, and then they had one more wave. And that in that third wave of layoffs, they came to me and said, "Look, we we uh, we hate to do this." Uh, we love you all that you've done here, but we've, we've got to let you go. And it was kind of a wake-up call for me in my life to see, God, what is it you want me to do? And uh, I started showing up here at church, Brandon. 
I just started showing up uh, every day. And for that, when Brother Brent Carr was, uh, who's up there now at Temple in Carolina, and I love him to death, but he was working at our Bible college at the time. Uh, Brother Steve Hurt had just left here at Victory. And I just started showing up every day, and I asked, I said, you know what, guys, um, y'all got anything I can do? Can I help out around the church? And after about a month of showing up at church every single day, uh, whether it was taking out the trash or vacuuming carpet or whatever I could do to serve the Lord, they were finally like, hey, man, you've been coming up here a lot. Do you need a job or something? And I was like, sure, that'd be great. I'd love a job. And I started uh, working for Brother Brent Carr just as an assistant, helping out keeping the college dorms clean, helping uh, you know file papers and just whatever it is I could do serve the Lord. And that's been 11 years ago. And I went from that to uh, to music director when Brent and Jake left to uh, now I am uh, doing uh, the youth now. I've been doing the youth now for eight, uh, going on nine years here at the church. And uh, it's just been an amazing, amazing time. And I've really enjoyed it. So before we get to our questions, um, I, I want you to just give one, one nugget, one, one statement that you would give to a young preacher just starting out in ministry. Um, I guess what I would say to a young preacher who's starting out in ministry is this. Um, don't just call yourself a young preacher. Uh, really, I would, I would say um, kind of get rid of that label altogether. Preaching is such a small part of ministry. Um, 90% of what I do here at Victory and what Pastor CT does here at Victory and what I, as far as the preachers that I know, 90% takes place from out from behind that pulpit than behind the pulpit. That's one hour a week, two hours a week, and that's important, absolutely. Uh, but instead of calling yourself a young preacher, why don't you call yourself a young servant? Because that's what we all are. We're all servants, and we're trying to serve the Lord. And uh, most of what you're going to be doing in ministry won't take place behind a pulpit. It'll take place counseling someone. It'll take place uh, beside a teenager trying to love on them. It'll take place in a hospital room somewhere praying with somebody who is who has cancer, you know? Um, so I, I would say um, I would say number one, be yourself as a, as a young preacher and as a young servant. And number two, think of yourself as not just someone who stands and preaches every week, but think of yourself as a servant, someone who's going to serve the Lord, uh, just like Jesus did, right? Uh, he washed the feet of the disciples, and he was a servant. So uh, that's kind of some of the advice I would give them. Okay. Um, I Drew, you want to start off with a question? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this, the act of service has been lost a lot. It's so much about, well, can I get this meeting or that meeting? I think that's something we all kind of struggle with because we all want to preach. And I think the act of service is something that you definitely touched on that we, I myself need to work on. I don't know about y'all, but it's beyond that. Um, what I would ask is, first of all, how is being around Dr. Larry Brown and now Pastor CT not only impacted your ministry necessarily, but like your home life, like as a husband, as a father, as a dad, being around those men of God, how has it impacted you personally? Yeah, I mean, when you see men like that who are just like, um, who, you know, I, I've been around them since I was 12, Dr. Brown since I was 12, and um, and then sometimes you don't know what you have, and you kind of take things for granted until you know, kind of like, you know, here in Augusta, we have this thing called the Masters, and I always grew up just, it was just a golf tournament around here, you know, not a big deal, but then when you go out and you talk to people who don't live around here, they're like, oh, that's like the biggest, coolest golf tournament in the world, I was like, oh, okay, and that's kind of how it was with, with Doc Brown. You didn't really know that he was as as big as he was. I mean, he would pull into places and people just, man, they worshiped the ground he walked on because he was just such a great man of God, such a great preacher, and he changed so many lives. And um, you know, he's made such an impact on my life just to be consistent, just to be faithful. And um, he was so good at taking 
all the weight of being a pastor and, uh, and not letting it affect him in a negative way and him always be encouraging. He has the gift of exhortation like nobody i ever seen, right? And he always could encourage, and he always could exhort. And that's the one spiritual gift I think God has given me probably more than any other gift is the gift of exhortation also. And uh, always wanted to be like Doc Brown, you know, always just loved him. And, uh, and I appreciate what he's poured into me. And so he's poured into me just to be consistent, just be faithful, just show up, even though you're going through... I remember when he was going through all the things he was going through with his children and, and his daughter Angela and Chris and all the stuff going on at home, and yet he still showed up every week and was consistent. He balanced his home life and his ministry life, and uh, it was just it was a it was a big impact on me. So. John, my question is, uh, what I kind of go off a little topic of what we were talking about, but like just what was your probably your favorite um, message? that you've ever preached uh, to a, a young person? Wow. Um, okay. So I don't know about, I don't know about a certain title of a message, but there is a, there's a, there's a message I preach out of Daniel chapter one and two, you know, about the three Hebrew children. And uh, Dot Brown always taught us this. He taught us that there are many applications to a scripture, but there's, yeah, one interpretation. So the scripture, God said what he meant and he meant what he said when he inspired these men to write what they wrote. You know, the Holy Ghost moved on these men as they wrote. And so with that being said, I've preached out of Daniel chapter 1 and 2, um, I mean multiple times, multiple times, about the three uh, Hebrew children and about different things. And I've taught it even at Temple uh, at Anderson. I've taught it up there and preached it there to uh, a graduation service. I've preached that sermon upstairs to our teens. I've preached across town to a chapel service before. Um, and, and I've called it many different things. I've called it, you know, living uh, in Babylon, but not, not like Babylon. I've called it the day that changed. I have many different titles of that sermon, but the crux of that sermon is, is this. It's just three principles that, um, that keep us and that help us live in our day as a, t- as a teenager. Most of the time when I teach um, the people that I'm passionate about, and 90% of the time my audience that I teach or preach to, guys, teens, right? So I pretty much base all of my sermons around that. I always try to apply it to their uh, their life. And so that sermon out of uh, out of Daniel one and two it talks about talks about how the three Hebrew children had a had a royal bloodline, right? They were of royal descent. So I taught the teenagers like even though you have to live in Babylon, you don't have to live like like Babylon. We live in this world, but we don't have to live like the world. So so I teach them um, the first thing I teach them is they have an undeniable bloodline. Know that you're a child of the king. Know that we're joint heirs with Christ. And by knowing who you are in Christ, it helps you live in this world. So not only do they have an undeniable bloodline, but they had an unchangeable birthright. And it talks about how the Babylonian people tried to rename, well, you know them as what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that's, that wasn't their real names, right? That was the name that the Babylonians gave them. They had they had Hebrew names, which was I'm going to mess them all up, but uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were their were their God given names. So they had uh, they not only had an undeniable bloodline, but they had an unchangeable birthright. Even though the world tried to change who they were, tried to change their names, tried to make them uh, become something else, they knew who they were in Christ. They knew who they were in God. They were God's children, and so I try to that sermon. It always is applicable to a teenager, and they always love it, and they all, it always helps them. So they had an undeniable bloodline, uh, an unchangeable birthright, and then they had an unshakable backbone. 
they said, we're not careful to answer you, O king. You know, we're, gonna, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to do what the world's doing. We're not going to act like, be like, smell like, talk like the world. That's just not who we are. And, uh, and so they knew who they were in Christ. And I love that sermon because it's just, uh, it, it always, it's, it's easy to preach. My sermons are really simple. You know, I was always taught to keep it simple. I'm, I'm not pretty ignorant half the time, so I was just always taught to keep my stuff as simple as possible. And it's a simple sermon, a simple thought, but it goes a long way with a teenager and the, and the teenagers I talk to and speak to. And uh, that's probably, probably my favorite sermon. You can tell I kind of like it because I almost, I almost preached it for a second. I didn't. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a favorite message that he's preached in the years you said on He wasn't listening. He don't remember. Yeah, he probably wasn't listening. <laughs> Probably the uh, the candle. He had a yeah. candle and he had a sparkler. Yeah. Uh, talking about being a light of the world, and uh, a lot of us Christians are like sparkles, and we we're all when we get saved, and we're all up, you know, we're worshiping the Lord, and then that sparkler just dies down. But when you uh, really sell out to the Lord, that you're like that candle that continuously burning, yeah. showing your light to the Lord. That's actually man. Right. You were listening, John. Amen. That's good. Um, <laughs> Josh, you've done, you've been a, a student pastor for for years. What has been probably the biggest challenge you face as a student pastor? Well, um, knowing that you only have your kids for a certain amount of time, right? I had you for a couple of years, and, and now you're gone. So one of the hardest things in youth ministry. I'm still here. Yeah, you're still here. I, I know what you mean. But like you know, I had John for a few years, and now he has moved on, moved out of the youth group. So watching you pour yourself into someone for years and years and years, and do your best, and then really when they walk across that graduation stage, it's almost like it's almost like letting them go. You know, it's almost like letting let the mama bird and let the baby bird trying to fly out of the nest. You know what I mean? It's a uh, it's um, and so you have to have faith that what you invested in them uh, works, and it's emotional because you get so attached and you love on someone, you love on a kid, and you do your best to pour into them, and then um, you know. So it's kind of like your biggest, uh, it's kind of like your biggest uh, pro and your con when it comes to youth ministry. You know, you only have a certain amount of time with the kids, and it's sad to see them go, but then you get a fresh congregation every four to five years, right? Yeah. So you get a, a whole new group of people to invest in. I mean, at a church, you get. Miss Susie Betty Jean, who's been at church for 45 years, and she's going to be your member forever, right? But in the youth group, you get a new, fresh group of kids every four or five years. They come through, and then they graduate, and they go. So you know you only got a set amount of time with them, yeah. so you do your best to invest in them uh, while you can. And if, if someone's out there, and I may be answering a question too quickly, but I'm going to go ahead and go into it because I think this segues well into youth ministry. For someone out there who may be thinking about getting into youth ministry, or for some of you guys who may watch this later and you wonder what's the one thing I can do in youth ministry that will help make me the most effective for youth ministry. And the one word, the one thing I can tell you uh, to, to make you an effective youth minister or youth person, a youth volunteer, is faithfulness. Uh, what, what do you mean by that, Brother Josh? Teenagers love consistency. They want to see someone who's there day in, day out, right? They want to see somebody who's not just there on, on, on Sunday and the next week, oh, I, I had to do something else or I wasn't there. Um, we have a lot of volunteers in our youth room that help us out. And these volunteers are dedicated people. I've got volunteers that have been up there now for eight and nine years when I started that are still volunteering today. And they build these relationships with these kids because they're faithful, because they're consistent. Because a teenager, you walk up to a teenager and they don't know you, what are they going to do? 
They're going to look at you like you're crazy, like yeah. you got something on your face, like you're weird. You know what I mean? Teenagers are hard, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the day and age we're living in. But the more you're around them and the more you win them to yourself, uh, the more you can minister to them. I can say something to a teenager after I've known them for about a year that I couldn't say to them when I first meet yeah. them. Because now I've shown them that I love them. Now I've shown them and I've earned their respect. They know I'm consistent. They know I'm going to be there. They know I'm preaching God's word to them every week. They know I'm going to stand on this book. And uh, so faithfulness and consistency are probably the biggest things as, a, as someone, if you're watching this video that's young or someone who's wanting to get into youth ministry or become a youth minister one day, just be consistent and just be faithful. If a kid knows they love you, it goes a long, it goes a long way. Um, Drew has a has a tradition every week that he does. Now our past our past few weeks we've had Brent Carr, Kenny Baldwin, and Clement Chappelle, which are all. Man, y'all had like prime rib, and now now me, now I'm here. It's like Vienna sausages. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you're a student pastor, so you don't necessarily travel that much, but you still do travel. Song. Yeah. So I'm gonna let Drew ask his traditional question. Where is your favorite place to eat outside of where you are? Now, I get for you, since you may not travel as much, maybe a vacation. So basically what I'm doing, I'm in the process of making an evangelism eating list. <laughs> so that way one day... That's important. you got to have those. You gotta oh, have those. food is by far the most important part of being a Baptist preacher, I would assume. Well, look, we, we're, not, we're not of the world anymore, right? So we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't party, we don't do all those things like we used to do. But praise God, we're going to eat. Somebody <laughs> say amen. <laughs> But what I'm doing is I'm bringing together a list. So far we have, I think, an Italian restaurant in Chicago. Okay. Um, Doe Daddy's. I'm not sure where he said it was, but I'll find it. <laughs> okay. And then we had Philly cheesesteaks from Philadelphia. Well, there you Those go. Those were the three we were given. So what is your favorite food? Well, I am uh, I'm, I'm a little different probably some of these guys. I'm not really an evangelist. Um, I've been working here at the church 11 years, and I can count on my hand the times I've actually gone out and preached somewhere. I, I help out sometimes. If Brother Mark Muscovitt calls me up there in Anderson, but I don't, I don't really travel much. But you know, the one place that I really do love, and I've been twice now, is in Greenville. I do get to go to Greenville every now and then. That's about, that's about as high class as I get, y'all. Is Greenville? I'm not <laughs> Chicago, Philadelphia. I ain't all that. I mean, Brent. I know Brent's high class, and probably Kenny Baldwin, all those guys. But there's this place called the Raging Cajun in Greenville, and it's just a little bitty hole in the wall place, but it's like got Cajun food, and I like, I love Cajun food. My wife has a grandfather who's pastored in Louisiana for like 30 plus years and he's a he's just as Cajun as a get and I love I love spicy food I love Cajun so that would be the one you should put on y'all's list to go to is the Raging Cajun in Greenville I love it so I want to I want to go I want to go backwards a little bit uh Drew asked towards the beginning about Dr. Brown and CT uh you being under them but you also sat under Dr. Steve Hurt mm -hmm. uh in in college um Brent you you were associated with Brent. How has being under them also, who are now somewhere else up in Anderson, but they're still investing in you. Yep. They still get you to come come preach for the school, and we're now working together with college. How how has being under them helped you as well as also with Dr. Brown and CT? Well, probably the one person that has influenced my life in ministry more than anybody else um, is probably Brent Carr. Um, and, and the reason why that is is just because God put us together at a time in my life when I needed him. And, and what I mean by that is, is I went through uh, the loss of that job I talked about earlier in the interview. I went through my divorce also around that same year. Um, so I went through several multiple things, and I 
uh, came to the back of the Lord. I went through a divorce. I spent a few years away from God. Um, and, and there's a whole long story about that. Steve Hurt sat me down when I wasn't living right, and he knew I wasn't living right. And he asked me to step out of the youth, the, the, the music program for a while, which which made me mad and angry. And then I got bitter, you know, with the Lord. And then so I spent a year and a half, two years out of church. And uh, and then right as God started dealing with me about coming back into church, it just so happened that God brought kind of Brent Carr into the singles ministry. At the same time, I was in the singles ministry trying to come back to the Lord and and figure out what God wanted to do with my life. And, um, and so some of the things Brent taught me was this, and I've tried to use this like with John and John and Brandon, these guys, but there was so much I learned about the Lord um, outside of the walls of, of this place. You know what I mean? Like I, I learned a lot, and I learned that at places like Monterey's, you know, with, with, with Brent and some of these preachers. I learned that at his house playing Monopoly till 2 in the morning uh, on, on nights with guys, you know, like Jake and Brandon Morris back in the day when we did that kind of stuff. And so he taught me, like, to love someone and to help somebody out of where they are is not just an hour of church on Sunday. And it's not just Wednesday nights either. It's actually discipling somebody and teaching them and loving on them, loving on them through their hurt. Because, you know, we're all going to mess up, right? We all mess up. John, we all mess up. Can I get a witness, right? And so we're going we're gonna to mess up. They taught me to love people through those mess ups and to just disciple them and to do that. And so... I would tell Brent, thank you for that time. And I love Dr. Brown, and Dr. Brown probably is my, is, he's my hero, right? But I came into the picture when Dr. Brown was kind of towards the end of his career, so to speak, as far as preaching. So the last 10 years, I felt like God had called me to run the youth ministry in a fashion to keep things off of his plate and off of his desk. And so I rarely went to him with, with questions or concerns about it. I did my best to make sure that the man of God knew that the youth group was taken care of. I was running it. I was handling it. And I, and I just didn't go to him much. Not because I didn't want to. I did. But I knew he was at a place in his career where he had put in almost 40-something years of ministry. And so I felt like it was my job to make sure he didn't have to worry about that anymore. And so um, so I love Doc Brown, but from an investment standpoint in my life, probably somebody who invested in me more than anybody else was Brother Brent. And that was just through times that weren't just here. It was on a, a raft in, in Tennessee going down a river when we went, you know, whitewater rafting. It was in a cabin somewhere up in the mountains during a Power One conference. You know, it was stuff like that. And so it's just investing in other people's lives. So that's that's some of the things they taught me uh, more than anything else. You mentioned one of the youth ministry in Dr. Brown. We've actually talked about this before. The difference between you running the youth ministry in Dr. Brown and now having CT come in who's so invested oh, yeah. in youth. Yeah, Talk great. about the difference between those two and how you approach that as a student. So, so again, this is not a knock, and, and I don't know who's going to watch this. This is not a knock on Doc Brown, but in the last 10 years of youth ministry, I can count on one hand the times he came in the youth room. I just knew he wanted me to handle it, take care of it. I don't want to come up there. Yeah. I've done been in ministry 40 years. I don't want to mess with no teenager no more, you know? And that was his mindset, and that was fine. Uh, I can count on my hand. And so he let me, that was kind of our own little entity up there, the youth room, and we kind of just ran it like a small church, you know, up there almost. And, uh, and we loved it. But Pastor City is definitely different in that aspect because teenagers are his passion and he loves it. So uh, he's been in the youth room now in the last, you know, six, seven, eight months. More than Doc Brown ever was in the youth room. He's up there every other week checking out to see what's going on, which is great, right? Because all of us need accountability. We all need that. And so when I have a pastor like that who's checking up on me, who wants to know what we're doing, um, it helps me want to do better. It just helps me want to do more. And, and I love that. And I always welcome accountability when it comes to that sort of thing. So I'm enjoying being uh, under Pastor CT, and I'm very excited 
uh, the direction the church is heading right now, and uh, very excited for the direction that um, the college is heading. Excited for the, where the youth group's heading. I mean, we've had the very last service right before Corona hit. We had 124 kids in the teen room, and we had four salvations that night. And then all of a sudden, as soon as that happened, we were just growing. God was blessing. And then and then the, the Corona hit, and now we've been on doing everything live. So I'm looking forward to getting back at it again with the kids and stuff. So we're excited about what God's doing. Y'all got anything else you want to say? Or yeah. add or? I've got one more question on a more serious note. Yeah. What do you think the biggest issue um, for teens is today as far as like what's this the biggest problem that you see them facing and what would you say to someone who might be going through that and I get we all say well Jesus is the answer but sure. how would they actually fix it yeah. how where would the solution be I think the the biggest issue for teenagers right now and it was really the issue when I was younger too is the fact that they equate a uh, coming to church on Sunday as a relationship with Jesus Christ yeah they equate coming to Wednesday in the word as their relationship with the Lord, and that's all they base it on. And there's so much more to, to the Lord right. than just coming to church, you know? Right. And um, so just, I tell you what, it, it's really all of us, but in me too, it's just every day being in, in the Word and, and in, in prayer and my relationship with Him, it's the same thing as a teenager. They don't really know how to study. They don't know how to pray. They don't know how to do these things most of the time because we don't have the same generation of parents that we used to have. We have a we have a pretty lazy generation of parents that I've noticed over the last several years. You know, a pretty apathetic generation of parents. They think if I send them to the youth room, then Brother Josh will teach them how to read their Bible, how to pray. And it's almost left up to us to parent and do it all. But really, that stuff starts at home, right? It stuff starts with mom and dad. Um, and uh, so I've noticed that's one of the biggest challenges we face. But seeing these kids that just don't know how to study their Bible. They don't know how to pray. They, they don't know that. And they think, well, I've come to... Wednesday in the Word, I've come to church on Sunday, I can check that spiritual box off and I'm good, but there's so much more to it. And a lot of times, life has to hit them square in the face. And a problem or a storm or something happens before they understand what that relationship with God looks like. And that's why God brings those things to us sometimes, to show us that uh, that, that we need Him. You know, So yeah. um, so that's that's some of the things I see. And, and I'll, I'll mention one more thing in closing. I don't know if you have any more questions, but <clears throat> the, the one thing I've noticed about um, about young preachers in ministry, this is a problem I had. I was always looking for God's will for my life. I don't, I don't know if other people struggle with this, but this is one thing that I always struggle with. I was always looking for God's will like it was something to be discovered. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for a young preacher, like, all right, Lord, what is I'm supposed to do? What do you want me to do? Like, where's my next step? What is this? What is that? What church do you want me to What girl do you want me to marry? What, you know, all these things that they keep looking for, looking for. And a lot of times, young preachers... And uh, guys in ministry will think that they have to go find God's will for their life. And I believe that's the furthest thing from the truth. I believe that God's will is very simple. And God's will is revealed to all of us, but it's revealed through serving Him. It's revealed through showing up every day and working for the Lord. When you get done the last thing God told you to do, He'll show you the next thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. God's will is like a scavenger hunt. Any of you ever been on a scavenger hunt? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like your parents do it. Like they, they leave you a little note and you get a clue. And when you get done with that, you'll find the next set of instructions to tell you what to do next. Yeah. And that's how God's will is. Like God tells you, look, here's what I want you to do. When I finished uh, Bible college, the, the last semester of Bible college, is I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I thought, I've been divorced. God has nothing for me to do. I'm going through Bible college. I don't know why I'm here, God. What are you trying to do with me? My last semester, literally weeks before graduation, was when Robbie Harrington left and took that church down Lake Park. 
and I finished college and God revealed the next step in my life. So I would challenge any young preacher that's watching, any young man in ministry that's watching, young lady, if you don't know what it is God's, God's will is for your life, that's okay. I don't really think we're supposed to know. I think we're supposed to do the last thing he told us to do. And we've completed that. He'll show us the next thing and then the next thing. And, and after a while, you'll be like, Lord, you got this, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun following him and serving him. So, yeah. amen. Anybody else? Anything? Well, Josh, thank you for coming on with us this week. Absolutely, uh, man. I want to address something. <clears throat> those that are watching, for those of you that watched our video last week with Brother Clement, at the end, we announced that this week we would have Dr. Larry Brown on. And uh, due to some weather conditions and his health as well, he was not able to make it. Um, but very soon, we'll have him, on, have him on here. So Josh Josh agreed to come on this week with us. And uh, so thank you for, for agreeing to that. And I talked to a preacher this morning, and he told me he just he wasn't feeling real well. So he's feeling a little weak today. And we've had just monsoons of storms yeah. outside. He didn't want to get out in the weather. But he told me to tell you guys he is looking forward to it. He's ready to do it. and he, He's excited about the interview and, and kind of imparting some wisdom, you know, to, to, to you guys. And we love him. Yeah. But he will be on very soon. But keep him in your prayers, if you will. Um, I know he's he's struggling health-wise, so uh, keep him in mind. But I'm going to ask before we go any further, I'm going to ask John if you would close some prayer. And then I will end it up. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you, God. I thank you for uh, allowing us to come together, Lord. I'm thankful for it. Um, I'm thankful for Josh, Lord. I'm thankful for what he's done in my life, God. I don't know about these other guys, and but I know he's he's poured a lot out of his life into mine, and uh, I don't I don't believe I would be right where I'm at right here today, Lord, if it wasn't for all the years that he's invested into my into me, Lord. And um, Lord, I'm thankful for his friendship. I'm thankful for his leadership. I'm thankful for everything he's that he stands for, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, if, if there was anybody here on on this live video, God, that was watching, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if they were lost and they don't know anything about this God we're talking about, God, I pray that you would save them, Lord, and I pray that you would get a hold of their life, God. I pray they wouldn't be able to sleep at night, Lord, until they get right with you, Lord. And I love you and I thank you, and I'll give you all the honor and give you all the praise. In your name I pray, amen. Man, amen. well, thank you guys for uh, for joining us this week. Uh, thank you again for Absolutely, man. Brother thank Josh God. for coming Thanks, on. Uh, we want you to, to like love haha wow whatever reaction you want to put on here uh share share this video also uh last week we had a goal of 25 shares uh i'm not sure where where we're at but um and i, I said this last week we don't look at the numbers because it's oh well look what we did this week we 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 want to we want to better this um you know we, we and i say it every week and i'm going to keep saying it we started out as just a couple preachers getting together wanting to get some wisdom and encouragement. But then we got together and thought, how can we help other people? And this is how we do it, by you helping us. You help get, get these videos out and, and share them. So uh, help us out with that. And uh, we, I mean, we get messages every week of how it's encouraged you and how it's helped you. And uh, that, that's, what, that's what we're doing this for, because we want to help you. We want to impart wisdom into you and encouragement. So uh, help us out with that. Just like and share this video. And uh, tune in next week. Uh, we have a, a, a very, very special guest. We won't announce it yet. Uh, we'll announce it next week, but we're excited about it. So, uh, but thank you guys for, for tuning in this week. And uh, we hope you have a great night. Have a great rest of the weekend with your family. God bless.